I absolutely love that they had Keith David voicing Mr. Bones. Keith David's voice. I heard that everything. voice and I was like, oh, I love him. He's so talented. And we are live with another episode of the Keeg Talks. This time, the Keeg Talks Stargirl season three specifically, but really the whole the whole series as a whole, because uh, this is the final season of Stargirl. And it is uh, Keeg season eight, episode 30, and we're finishing off 2022 with this show as this show finishes off. So it's very apropos, very, you know, there's a there's a meta commentary in a, in a in a way uh i'm your host dimitri Pereira, and if you can see us right now you are watching the live stream on twitch.tv slash the keeg show or youtube.com slash the keeg show um or maybe you're listening to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from if you're listening to the podcast you can't see who our guests are but if you are watching our live stream yeah you can see who our guests are let me introduce them we got gil baron himself gil baron you found me guys <laughs> <laughs> If you were, uh, uh, you know, watching this, looking for where to snipe me from a high distance, uh, you found me. Oh, oh, <laughs> I, I, I thought you were going to make a make a reference to like, oh, is there a pizza box in your uh, in, oh, in your in your picture? <laughs> we're going to track you down. Are you in Romania? You found me. Yeah, oh my God. you are the you are the exact opposite of he of that one guy. That guy um, yeah. So that's and not me comparing you guys as people. But just comparing that you guys <laughs> like pizza. I'll let you move on from this. <laughs> I feel like you're, I feel like we've exhausted this as much as we want to. <laughs> Our second guest, we got Kaylin Dorothy, aka Comics by Kaylin. Kaylin, how's it going? It's good. It's uh, have a nice. I've had a nice week off and uh, not looking forward to the end of my vacation, but I am looking forward to 2023. Yeah. End of end of your vacation, end of Stargirl, end of the year, whole new stuff. End. Yeah, I mean that. I mean it's the end of the year. It is what it is. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, last yeah. time I had both of you guys, so I had. I mean, obviously separate. Gil was on the Star Trek episode, and Kaylin was on the DC Studios episode. Right. Uh, it, it's interesting <laughs> when it comes to DC DC shows. So we're looking at like the different franchise here, right? Stargirl is obviously a DC show, um, and it was created a couple years before it premiered and then it premiered during like cw's like kind of big huge big huge cw verse kind of era um it actually aired originally on universe app that's right yeah yeah Uh, back when they had their own streaming service before hbo max that's it and, and, and that's wild because like DC Universe isn't even a thing anymore. It's just for comics, really. No. Um, DC Universe Infinite or whatever. Um, yeah. And that's been I DC, liked DC Universe. DC's just trying to like figure out who they are as as an entity, and they've been doing that for 10, 15 years now. Um, which we talked about on Caitlin's yeah. uh, DC Studios episode uh, when we talked about it. But like Star Girl, happened since then. Yeah. Uh, after three after three seasons, Star Girl is now over. And they're shuffling DC around and trying to figure out a, a future without being, I guess, tied to the to the decisions that they made before. Do you feel that way, Kaylin? Yeah, it's I I have some very mixed feelings on <clears throat> the, some of the decisions that are coming out of DC right now. 
I want to have a lot of faith in James Gunn. I know that he's, and I, I know Peter Safran's in there as well, but creatively yeah. it's James Gunn. Right. And I loved everything he's ever done. I know he's got a vision. And just I heard that rumors that his, actually, I think he's tweeted it that his vision is partially inspired by Justice League, the animated series, and Young Justice, which, of course, are two of my favorite shows. Yeah. Um, a clarification on oh, that. And as what I what I read into was somebody asked the question and he said yes, as opposed to he okay. coming out and saying it. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I couldn't I couldn't tell how to, like, parse what he was saying. Someone yeah. was like, oh, are you uh, is your shared universe uh you know inspired by young justice and justice league unlimited and he's like yeah so it's like i mean i would assume that if he's smart which i think he is that he would look at those two universes as examples i mean fans obviously love those shows people often talk about how specifically the dcau is one of the best uh, cinematic animated tv whatever shared universes out there and i a thousand percent agree um so i think it would make sense to kind of build off of something that's already beloved yeah um i i have some mixed feelings on the cancellations of certain movies i right. personally love gal gadot's wonder woman i i know this is controversial i even enjoyed 84 i know people hated that wasn't perfect but i still had a fun time watching it and i want to keep seeing her as wonder woman because i think she's wonderful yeah but i also recognize that we we kind of really do need a reboot uh yeah yeah we we need a reboot and that sucks because that's kind of the sucky thing about reboots uh we've all we've all been here before with toby Maguire or andrew garfield or batman the many times (laughs) like or Superman that many times. Like we've we've all been here before. It does kind of suck that they're cutting projects. And I feel like Stargirl is kind of part of it. I don't know, Gil, if you if you agree, but like however good Stargirl is, I don't think they're keeping it into the next era. No. Well, I think the, the whole Arrowverse has been <clears throat> really a casualty of this whole thing, which made sense. I mean, the Arrowverse really wound down a year or so ago, and, like, the last people standing, the last shows standing were Stargirl and The Flash. Uh, Superman um, and Lois, which I still oh, don't Superman know. And Lois. Uh, yeah. I love that show so yeah. much. Is, is, is I that ending on that show. That's it has around. to be ending. I don't think it's going to be the only show to stick around, even though it's great, and the movie supposedly has to deal with a younger Superman, too, right? Like... Yeah. Well, apparently I mean, there's more than one Superman project, movie? right? Still? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I, I'd like for them to do at least one season and wrap it up nicely because I think that's a show that deserves it. Oh, for yeah. sure. And we know there. I mean, Tyler Hecklin is so good. Yeah, You're just really a big is. fan of Tyler Hecklin. I, I, I I'm a massive this. fan of Tyler Hecklin, and literally the only thing I've ever seen him in is like one other movie and Superman. But I just I love him. I think he's very talented. Yeah. Um. I believe there is one more, at least one more season, because. I don't know if you guys heard, but the one kid who plays uh, yep. John Kent, just, right? He's we know he's being replaced. Yeah, because he just being recast because he showing up. Oh, that's weird. I read that he had like left due to take care of his like mental health, focus on himself, or something. Yeah. That was what I had read. Well, that, I mean, that's they're probably both true. I think it was yeah. a mental health issue, and and there's probably more information that we don't know. But yeah, he 
according to what I read, he just kind of stopped showing up. And they right. were like, okay, cool. Uh, well, right. yeah, I'm going to go ahead and call that none of my business for the most part. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope he's okay. That, uh, I hope that he gets better, and I hope, uh, you know, that uh, where, wherever his career goes, uh, it uh, it's, goes in a healthy direction. That's the, yeah. the only yeah. thing we can really care about. And I'm sure the next person to play John Kent will be great. But yeah. for what I think what I, I would saw a picture and he looks like him. Oh, I haven't seen a new yeah. uh, who the new cast person is. Um, but I think the casting from the show has been really great. Uh, yeah, I, I I think I haven't seen a single miss on that show really. I think everyone's been uh, yeah. Everyone's a really good actor on that show. So yeah, definitely. And, and they get like they gave John Henry Irons a role like. Like, I love it. It, it wasn't exactly yeah. what, how I wanted his character, but I'm cool. Right, you don't want him to be an alternate universe guy. Yeah. But yeah. I remember when they introduced him at the end of the pilot, where it was like Lex Luthor, and you're like, all right, Black Lex Luthor, interesting. Yeah. There's an interesting take, Lex Luthor from another universe. Yeah. All right, I can see this, you know, or Space Lex Luthor or whatever. Yeah. Um, and uh, and where it went, you know, I was I was generally pretty happy with it. And, you know, I'm not a huge yeah. fan alternate universes generally yeah uh, but i think in this case they've done a pretty good job with it yeah yeah star girl takes place mm -hmm. on an alternate universe which we find out at the end of crisis on infinite earths that whole crossover yep um and it takes place on its own earth and like there were even hints of like a star girl well at first it was a titans doom patrol crossover which they're not they're not doing and then there was a star girl yeah. titans idea that was thrown out star girl and titans which is totally different tones those shows could not be more tonally different i don't i don't want i don't it's not that i don't want my chocolate in my peanut butter it's that i don't want like it's, it's like titans mixing peanut butter really and mustard they yeah. don't work the thing is about comic book universes generally though because they are a universe <clears throat> all kinds of tones can exist in the same world and that's sort of the insane thing about superheroes generally right yeah like just looking at my shelf right now you know i'm looking at my trade of impulse which is sitting right next to you know volume three of sandman and you're like yeah impulse and sandman exist in the same universe why not sure and you just have to like go with it like yeah different characters have different tones you know which yeah. i but i do I, feel I, like oh go ahead oh no caitlin go. i was gonna say i do feel like with comics you can do things that don't necessarily work as well yeah, in tv the way that form that medium and format is set up but i don't mind going from like batman to superman because even those two characters their comics are going to be totally different but i feel like if you were to put star girl and titans together it would be so weird I, I think it's it's especially since Star Girl almost feels like it exists not only in another universe but another time. I think it's not only that it's different universes; it's that <clears throat> those universes run on different fundamental core beliefs, and this is yes. something it's it's something that we see like if uh, and we might have touched it on previous on it on previous episodes, but like DC Comics runs on legacy. Good guys will always win in the end. There's a hope. There's a future. And that's like a, like literally built it. It doesn't matter whether it's a Batman story. Like even though Batman stories get dark, there's still a level of 
of good guys will always win in the end. Mm -hmm. People will suffer, and that sucks. Marvel doesn't necessarily have that built into their, like, like the fabric of their universe. DC does. Mm -hmm. Um, Right, they've had to kind of create it as as a sort of an afterthought. Yeah, but that allows different genres and different tones to exist in the same universe as long as the universe is matched up. The ultimate Marvel universe has a different fabric, like, of their universe. Uh, So Mm -hmm. Titans and Stargirl, I feel like, are two different belief systems. Yeah. You know? How they would fit? I don't know. I think they would, like, come together, like, matter and antimatter and cease to exist. They're, like, weirdly opposite. (laughs) But any plans that they had for any of these shows, that's it. Like, any plans we had for Aquaman 3... For any Aquaman fans out there, like that's over. Aquaman 2 is gonna come out and that's it. Like, yeah, everything is getting rewritten, you know. Um, so although it I it's sad for me to see Stargirl go. I know they're just kind of cleaning house to build a new thing. Right. There you are. Froze and we lost. Yeah, you. yeah, I realized that. I <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know why this is. I've restarted everything and everything. Um, but well, we got to get a whole new computer. Obviously, it's 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 not even my computer. I reset my internet connection. Also, um, oh weird. As long as I mean, as long as whatever. Uh, as long as this records into Zoom, I can keep the podcast version. Um, but sorry, I I forget where I left off. You were saying something about um, as much as it pains you to see things like Aquaman get canceled. And, and Stargirl get canceled. I know that, like, they're cleaning house so they can, like, build something better. I hope. <clears throat> yeah. No. Who knows? I mean, he might decide to include some aspects of stuff that already exists. I mean, because the fact of the matter is, is that the Snyderverse is totally separate than the universe that Stargirl is in. And, you know, he might pick pieces, you know, I'd like, I mean, if it'd be kind of cool to include Stargirl within the new cinematic universe. And I really like that actress, um, Breck Bassinger. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to Um, see her. She's fun. It's kind of, it would kind of be interesting if they went a Marvel Studios route and had a TV universe that was tied in, but it's not necessarily so, right? Like we know, like you said, that Superman and Lois is going another season. Um, the new TV universe might not have anything to do with it, right? Um, yeah. Clearly, like, people can <clears throat> live with multiple versions of the same characters on screen, right? Yeah. And, like, I don't think, I th- don't think... Peacemaker is going to get super rebooted if that comes back for season two. Uh, we know that there's going to be a Penguin TV show, right, based on the Batman. Uh, so theoretically, you know, there could be more TV. But I think it's confirmed that Stargirl's ending. But I don't know that I would blame that specifically on the restructuring in DC. I think it kind yeah. of, it, to me, it says more about the CW's priorities and where they want to go with their programming. Um, you know, clearly they're keeping Superman and Lois because it's doing okay, but I think they just yeah. want to generally get out of the superhero 
the licensed superhero business, at least for now. Yeah. We'll see, you know, if anything ever comes back. But the Arrowverse had a rise and a fall, you know? The Arrowverse came and went. Um, yeah. And I don't think in a quick way. I don't mean to say that in a flip manner. I think the Arrowverse made a real impact, and it showed uh, how you can do you know, superheroes on TV in kind of a cheap way. Um, yeah. And it also showed the limits of it because you could see that as writers kept getting shuffled from show to show to show, that like the writing became so much more cheese ball or, you know, uh, sort of overwrought in all the ways that like CW writing that people know it, it does, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm. It's for that reason that I'm almost <laughs> glad Star Girl was canceled when it was. You know, I I feel you know I never really got into Ash and Supergirl were two of my favorite shows for a while. And once they hit like three four seasons, yeah, you could see it that's really kind of when it started to go downhill. And so I feel like Star Girl, it did its three seasons. They wrapped it up with a nice little bow at the end. I I wasn't felt. I didn't wasn't left feeling unsatisfied with how it went or how it ended. Flash and Supergirl, I straight up never finished because I couldn't bring myself to because it was just so bad. Which sucks because those are my favorite shows at one point. Yeah, no, I'm with you. How do you generally feel, Kaylin, about the Jeff Johnsiness of all of it? I don't really have an opinion on that person. Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> the Jeff Johnsiness um, of everything or of Stargirl? Of Stargirl specifically, but I mean, look, this whole this whole era of DC and film, you know, we kind of divide it into like Snyderverse and other stuff, but yeah. all of it's really being shepherded by Jeff Johns, right? Like it was the, the Black Adam, certainly uh, Shazam. Um, a lot of it is like it's Jeff Johns. You can really see in all of it because it really reflects what he did with those characters in the comics right mm-hmm. he's basically like my ideas are the best ideas and let's just translate this directly from a story that i wrote you know you kind yeah. of see that a lot <clears throat> yeah and you know star girl's like particularly personal for him because it was based on his sister who passed away oh well right yeah um, when he created star girl what's that no, I said, yeah. Oh, he was just like, he was agreeing. Yeah, uh, so, you know, um, and I think, like, Jeff Johns, uh, his conception of legacy, I think is a little different than, like, a James Robinson version of it, because, you know, Jeff Johns' characters have a certain flatness about them, where they really are boiled down to, like, one character trait. And I don't want to say that they're two-dimensional, but they're certainly not three-dimensional. They're maybe, like, 2.5 dimensions, you know? Um, yeah. They have, like, their one trait that everything revolves around. You know, they don't they don't necessarily feel like real people as, to, as opposed to, like, a James Robinson kind of version of Ted Knight mm. or, or Jay Garrick or The Shade or any of those characters, right? Or Hawkman, let's say. You know, all the yeah. characters that were in Black Adam. Um... Yeah, I mean, I mean, Jeff John's stuff is is a whole other thing. Uh, I think it it has to do like DC's just always restructuring, right? Um, But I think something about the the CW particularly was like Jeff John's joint. Oh yeah, oh for sure. Uh, The CW shows, I think, why they they dip off after a certain point is they're constantly restructuring the staff. They'll because they were always looking to expand to the next superhero project. They took yeah good writers who are tired after three let's just say three seasons of the flash 
to move over to like Stargirl, let's just say. Like they would yeah. be, you know? And so then the good ones are always, and then the new ones, whether they're bad or whether they're good, whatever, but they're new. And thus new. they might not have been like watching all the episodes or like yeah. where things are going. And then they get new showrunners. The Flash is one of them. They've probably gone through four showrunners, five. <sighs> like that's just the way it is. And and because they're always, always trying to create something new and then move people yeah. over. I always joked that it felt like Flash got to the point where the writers were purposely trying to get the show canceled, mm. but it wasn't. And they kept trying to make it worse so it would get canceled and then it wouldn't. <laughs> I think at a certain point, they didn't know where to go with the Flash. So their goal wasn't let's build this up to be better. It's let's just keep the wheel spinning. Let's just, Which that's all we got to do. Sucked. Yeah, of course. You know, like, and this isn't just CW, this is TV in general. Writers, producers, et cetera, need to know that sometimes a show has run its course and it's okay to end. Like, just because your show's popular doesn't mean you need to keep producing it because that's when you start to lose viewers. Me, who has watched 19 years of Grey's Anatomy saying this. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I think it's it's the studio, it's the executives, it's the studios, it's the, yeah. it's them being like, it's no. making us money. We're going to keep it going. Well, that's why shows. That's my thing need. about these CW shows is that. You know, I think Kalen really hit on something that, you know, the um, the momentum of the shows is really good in the first seasons when it feels like they're always building something. Like the first seasons of these shows always feel like an origin story, right? And they're building their teams. And by season two or three, like every one of these shows is a superhero team show, right? Mm -hmm. Because they have their, their partner and the tech person and, you know, they all have kind of these um, uh, archetypes uh, in their in yeah. their shows and then once the team is built the shows don't necessarily feel like they have momentum anymore so they don't yeah. know how to just be like a show you know um you know we were talking about star trek before right star trek you know right now it's sustaining five different shows five separate shows and how is this one concept which is just the whole concept is us in the future in a space military exploration thing right like that's the entire concept and it's sustaining five shows concurrently. Why can't the Flash do that? Well, because the 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 architecture of the show is based around the origin story. It's not like, oh, what what can Barry go and discover now? What will he? Uh, what's you know the the sort of problem of the week doesn't quite work anymore. Every episode has to have. I always call it like uh, twist fatigue. This is the thing that I see a lot when I read from new writers, when I read um, a lot of sort of amateurish uh, writers, like they'll throw eight different twists into the same script. And you're like, can any of this just breathe? Can we let, can we live in a status quo for a certain amount of time? Right. And I think these CW shows, like they, every single episode needs to bring a big change and humans just don't go through that many changes in that short amount of time, you know? Yeah. Um, one of the things I was always laughing at uh, about, about Parks and Rec, sorry to bounce into completely different directions, but the thing that always made me laugh, especially if you binge Parks and Rec, is it's a show about a bunch of people who already have a job who are constantly looking for a new job, right? Like that's yeah. what that show is kind of 
the, you know, once you, they didn't know what to do with every character except like, oh, well, what does that character really want to be doing? And it would take them to a new career or whatever. And you see that with the CW shows, I feel, you know, because every episode has to be, they fall in love with a new character and then they break up with that character and then they realize their responsibilities won't let them, you know, have a family or they, they found out that they're infertile. Like, there's always some overwrought thing. And sometimes the twist doesn't have to be that giant. Sometimes the twist should be about the story you're telling instead of a character beat. You know what I mean? It, mm -hmm. it kind of, it's something that we've talked about previously <laughs> in like so many different things is that like, like superheroes tend to work really well in TV shows because you get to like, just like the comics come out we, uh, monthly and tell a story over six months, let's just say six issues, six months. Uh, we're, we're seeing like these other stories that are taking place over the course of seasons uh that are it, it's it's not exact but it's pretty you know oh it's different than like how can we tell a batman story that's true to batman by making it a movie it's very tough it's like can we see growth of the character can we see the expansion of the bat family and so on and so forth but i think yeah. that the one thing that the big disconnect between movies and like ep or uh, episodic tv and comics is that you sign actors and you make sets and you have to reuse them. For example, in a Flash comic book, in three issues, Cyborg might show up, hang out with Wally West, do a little character story, and that's that. But you don't have to hire the actor. You don't have to, special effects aside, it's like hiring the actor, contracting for three episodes, or should I have them for the whole season, so on and so forth. You can't have like Wally go to Nanda Parbat for like a couple of issues of a comic uh, and then do the same thing in like a, in, in a show, you know what I mean? So you can't, yeah. you can't have people coming and going, coming and going, coming and going. Cisco in flash has to like, he has to be there every single episode. He's contracted. He's a series regular in the comics. We don't have that. Like Linda Parker, yeah. Wally's wife doesn't have to be in every issue of like the current flash run. Like she has been because they're exploring some of that, but she doesn't have to. The current run of Flash is so good. It's so That's good. <laughs> it's so good. Um, yeah, if you're if you're reading Nightwing, you would love Flash. Yeah. Flash is okay. just oh, it's so good. <laughs> and we will we will after we're, we're done talking about season three, we will be talking about like yeah, what are the Star Girl comics like right now? Like what what's going on with these characters now that the season's over or in the series? Yeah, is let's over, let's like, get into season you know, three. How did you yeah. guys feel? About that? Yeah, um, I've got my notes. <laughs> uh, it, it, okay, so so question: What is first season called? Is was there a name for first the first season? There was no name for the first season. Second was summer summer break? school. Summer school. Summer okay. school. That mm -hmm. was the one with and the then Eclipso. This yeah, and then it's which I'm fresh one. on because I just watched. <laughs> oh, okay, and then this one was frenemies. Yeah. Uh. Kaylin, I feel like it, this is all like super fresh to you. How'd you uh, how'd you feel about season three? I liked it. I thought it was fun. I mean, to be honest, season two and season three are blending a little together for me because yeah. I watched them all back to back. That's what happens when you um, binge. I know. Well, I was like, oh God, I totally forgot about the show. I love the first season. Let me go back. And I was like, wait a second, there's three seasons now. Um, <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I know the character of Shade was introduced in season two. I really like him, I find him interesting. I find yeah. him funny. Um, 
I kind of love his whole, like, I don't care about anybody else attitude, but then he actually is actually just a big softy. He's, um, yeah, he's kind of, he's, he's, he's kind of just like a cute, like, oh yeah, maybe I'd like, I'd let my mom date him kind of thing. <laughs> I would let my mom date him. Oh <laughs> I wouldn't personally, but I don't have Shane as a character, but like, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, well, look, I, I loved comes... how, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I was going to say, I love how, um, you know, he keeps pretending he doesn't care and then he keeps ending up saving them all. And, you know, when uh, when Jade and um, when Jenny and her brother were like, well, we want to go look for these other kids that are like us and help them. And he's like, well, I want absolutely nothing to do with that. OK, fine. I'll come with you and help. <laughs> yeah. As if he's not like genuinely happy to like have company and help these kids. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this version of the shade comes from James James Robinson's Starman run, um, and what a great translation of that character. You know, the shade was just an old villain. I think it was a Flash villain for the most part, a Jay Garrick Flash villain, maybe um, as opposed mm-hmm. to yeah, that's what I think it was. Um, but uh, but yeah, like James Robinson really took that character and made him part of the Starman world. Um, yeah, it's so funny to me how much um, Starman gets brought into this show. Uh, the one thing that kept me yeah. up is like once Sylvester Pemberton shows up and he's Starman, but he's in this like really like the costume doesn't look good on him. Can we say that? Just can we it's say that? Very like, are we talking the updated? Yeah, he's a real handsome guy, but like the idea that he would be walking around in like a flag suit is so odd. We're talking about the updated suit, the one that looks like Courtney's. The one that yeah. looks like Courtney's. Oh, okay. Looks like yeah. Courtney's. He looks like a Captain America knockoff. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what Star Spangled Kid was, but like, yeah. I don't know. Uh, like, I wish it, once they started calling him Starman, they just put him in the red suit. Let's let him be in the regular Starman suit, you know? What's the regular red suit? Uh, go Google Starman right now. <laughs> Google Tell well, I was Star- reading. I was reading that... Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I was doing some Googling on, on the character. I haven't read car- comics with this particular character. Um, but I was reading that Sylvester Pemberton like started as the Star Spangled Kid. And when he grew up, he became somebody named Skyman. And that Starman Sky- is actually yeah. a separate character. And they mm-hmm. kind of combined Starman and Skyman for this show. But it's more like the Skyman suit, I think. Right. Yeah. Um, and it makes sense, I guess, that to call him Starman for the sake of the show, especially if his like protege is is Stargirl. Uh did Star Spangled not- Kid slash Skyman ever have the Cosmic Rod Gill? Um, no, that Cosmic Rod belonged to Jack Knight Starman. Ted Knight and- then Jack Knight, right? No, Ted Knight had a shorter one. Oh. That kind of looks like a big dildo, and that was the Cosmic Rod. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, um and the long one belonged to um jack knight and uh yeah and that's the one that he gifted to courtney at the end of jeff at the end of james robinson's jsa run and so so they've kind of like combined a little bit of um here i'm pulling up the uh a picture of the starman characters yeah i i I saw that i was like oh yeah the red and green one yeah so there they are behind me so you see the the red one over my shoulder here, that's the Starman costume. Uh, that's Jack Knight over there. That's his son. And you can see there's the, the cosmic rod. Yeah, there's the rod. That, see, there's there's yep. the small cosmic rod there. I can't believe somebody approved that design. Literally called the cosmic rod or the 
What else was it called? I think it was. What year was Dumb. that? How did they well, not know? Yeah, the Gra- Gravity Rod is a Golden Age character. It was called the Gravity Rod and Gravity Rod, Cosmic Rod. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Um, or pretty good, depending on what you're into. You know. I'm going with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, more manageable. No comment. Than the My parents are watching. Staff. Um, but there's been multiple Starman. Um, right. So we have Ted Knight. Then we have. I mean, there's some weird David Knight back in time, something or another. Well, David Knight. Okay, so I'm gonna go through. If you I'm guys want here. me to, I'll go through the. <laughs> The James Robinson Starman series. Okay. So this comes starts in like ninety two or ninety three or whatever, and it's like the most nineties show you've ever or uh, comic ever. So it takes place in Opal City, which James Robinson basically bases on New Orleans. So it's sort of this proto New Orleans kind of um, uh, space. And Starman, you know, he's retired. He's an old man now, Ted Knight, and his son David is about to take up the mantle. And he's basically in the same costume. And his first night out, he gets shot. Like literally, the first page of of the original Starman series is he like flies off a building and gets shot down in that moment. And Jack Knight, who has never wanted anything to do with superheroes or anything like that. Uh, kind of has to investigate his brother's death. And he's just a guy who owns, like, um, owns a, a, what's it called, a, a, an antique store. So he's a guy who just loves antiques, loves old things. So this becomes the theme of the book. The theme of the book is all about sort of discovering the past and learning about legacy. And he learns to love his father's old life, the superhero life, and he gets involved with all those old JSA heroes. They all eventually show up. He becomes friends with Wesley Dodds, the original Sandman, and all of that stuff. And uh, and this is the experimental cosmic rod that uh, that Ted Knight has developed. And so Jack, who refuses to wear a costume, of course, is now out uh, and just kind of goes on these very magical fairy tale like adventures in the in the city of uh, in the world of Opal City. But he's mostly, it's about this guy who, you know, doesn't want to have anything to do with his father's legacy, who kind of has to learn to love it in a strange way. So, and in the meantime, he gets involved with, like, the previous two Starmen, who were, like, two characters that, you know, then they tried to reboot the character in the 70s and 80s, gets involved with the 70s and 80s Starmen, Um, the Shade becomes kind of his, like, trickster mentor sort of figure because he's this immortal character who lives in opal city uh it's just it's a really great series i highly i couldn't recommend it more it's so good um yeah and it's just a great coming of age story i love it and then he mm-hmm. hands the staff to uh courtney yeah because he his in the justice his society arc, book right his arc is not to like be starman forever right yeah. so he joins uh the jsa in uh the james robinson and uh the David Goyer, I think David Goyer was a writer on the original run of uh, JSA as well, um, before Jeff Johns. And uh, so he joins the JSA in that time. So he's there with like Sandy, who's Sandman's old. You're right, Robinson know, and Goyer. Robinson and Goyer. Um, and yeah, so so Starman is there for a little while, but his story eventually wraps up. Like that's the great thing about that run of Starman is there really is an ending to it. And James Robinson had an endpoint in mind for Jack Knight's story. And at that point, Jeff Johns had created Courtney, you know, based after his younger sister who had passed away, um, and you know, revived this concept of Star Spangled Kid and Stripe and basically what's on the TV show. 
and yeah. she joined the JSA and um, and Jack became kind of a mentor figure to her and was like, you know, we have this shared legacy. I'm going to give this to you. And so she becomes Stargirl at that point. Before that, she's Star Spangled Kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I feel like I've uh, just taken this uh, whole podcast. No, no, uh, so, so <laughs> I feel like I think no one is watching anymore. I think it's interesting because like anytime you have to adapt a superhero property, you have to take 70 years at the very least to like, and then, and then consolidate it into like one kind of timeline. Uh, and yeah. maybe it fits in with like other series that are in your universe or whatever. Um, I, it is it, it, like the DZ comics themselves have been around, you know, for so long and all these characters and through reboots and everything, you have to figure out like, yeah, what's important to Stargirl? Should she be the star spangled kid in the first season and then get the name Stargirl? I'm glad they didn't do that. I'm glad. I'm glad they didn't either. You know, um, but what's been interesting about season three is like there, there was a mystery thread that kind of ties through everything. And they really hit home the concept of frenemies, whether it's enemies turned friends, friends turned enemies or enemies that were friends that you're still not sure. Like, are they your friend? Like, do we trust them? You know? Yeah. Um, and like Gil, uh, I know you watched like the last couple episodes, but like, through, before that, throughout there, there's the mystery. Like, what are the mysteries, Kaylin? It's who killed the gambler. Well, right. They're trying to figure out who killed the gambler and who attacked Sylvester. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember what else. Where the security, um, who has the security cameras? Who's got the security cameras? Um, who's controlling them? Then there's also like kind of some separate stuff of, you know, trying to find um, Jenny's brother. Right. Um. I like the part and, in that uh, episode where they're like, yeah, you pervs with your video cameras. And they're like, that, yes. wasn't, that wasn't us. Like, what are you like, what? what are you talking about? That's not us. Uh, speaking of which, I absolutely loved they had Keith David voicing Mr. Bones. Keith David's voice. I heard that voice and I was like, oh, I love him. He's so talented. Uh, I had to look it up, but I didn't realize it was Seth Green doing Thunderbolt. And I was like, oh, in I this love season, that. Yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. It was, Jim, it was Jim Gaffigan in season two. Uh, I was gonna say I thought it was Jim Gaffigan. Yeah, it's Jim Gaffigan. I didn't realize they changed actors in this one. Yeah. Okay. I, I think that character's so funny. The Thunderbolt. And, you know, Mike and yeah, and and Mike and Jakeem like having to yeah. team up yeah. to kind of like control him together. And it's, they didn't like bring any kind of superhero identity for Mike, right? There was not no, until the end. there's that last scene. He's Stripesy two Oh, I didn't see that part. Did you see the did you see the last part that takes place in the Justice Society hallways? Yeah. Okay. They mentioned Yeah, they like go through like the oh, roster. Got it. Um, yeah, they go through the roster like 10 years from now. And um I like how Cindy becomes the dragon queen, basically like taking on like that identity from her dad and reclaiming it into something good. Yeah. Yeah. I think Cindy overall is a very interesting character because we see her go through so much change and development over the course of those three seasons. And I think it's very f amusing to me to have the completely stereotypical mean girl also quite literally kind of be evil. Yeah. And then go through that evolution where she's still kind of the mean girl, but she's trying to be friends with them. She's trying to be, do the right thing, trying to be the good guy, but she's still kind of mean. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, because it's like just because like I don't know. It's kind of like that, like with the shade. Like just because you're a curmudgeon doesn't mean you don't care. Sometimes you pretend like you don't care because you're afraid of getting hurt, or yeah. maybe you're just quick to anger. And sometimes that's a problem and you lash out at the people closest to you, right? Like, mm-hmm. even if you don't mean to. And then you are you have too much pride to say I'm sorry. And then it becomes this whole thing, right? Yeah. I think I think Cindy, her character, and I think Meg DeLacy, the actress who plays her, uh, I, I think she did a really good job. Like, oh, absolutely. Showing the nuance. Mm-hmm. You know, like she's hurt, but she's also too prideful. She's very prideful. She doesn't want to admit that she's lonely. Yeah. She wants to do the right thing, but she, you know. And the team's cutting her out. She gets there. The team's kind of cutting her out. I mean, understandably, they have reasons to not trust her. I mean, she literally has tried to kill them multiple occasions. And she keeps secrets. Um, I feel like that's the biggest thing. They can get, maybe they can get over the killing part, but like she then, (laughs) after that point, she keeps so many secrets that then yeah. like avalanches right yeah yeah i'm sorry what you just said reminded me of that one uh quote from community which of course has a uh, joe McHale. <laughs> yeah where they're like i can excuse what is it i can excuse um, racism oh. i can excuse racism but i won't excuse I, I draw I draw the line or whatever at animal cruelty oh animal cruelty yeah like i can excuse you trying to kill me but how dare you keep a secret <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like just going to fight. There there have been like interesting dynamics in this season. I'm glad that they were able to explore whether or not they knew it was their final season. They were like, let's have like Jakeem and Mike just kind of like run around. Yeah, run around with this little genie in their pocket, yeah. wreak havoc, make burgers run for, run for, uh, rain from the sky. <laughs> yeah. It's super cheesy. The Mike and Jakeem storyline was super cheesy. It's it's super cheesy, but not in the way that I feel like most CW is. I feel yeah. like a lot of the CW is cheesy because it's bad writing. Yeah. I feel like Stargirl kind of took that very cheesy aspect and leaned into it. And that's kind of what I was what I meant when I was saying said earlier that Stargirl almost feels like it exists in its own time, more so in the first season, but it's like you're it it has this very like 50s feel small town nothing bad ever happens here kind of vibe and it's bright and colorful and it but, but then at the same time they've got constantly. iphones <laughs> what'd you what? say gil and then the bad things happen constantly i mean yeah but it's got this like small town happy feel and then you've got like literal superheroes and villains and it's High stakes, but also kind of low stakes. Yeah. I kind of love how I, that all worked. I love the one episode where the opening was the Neil Diamond version of Coming to America, the, the song. And it's going around the town. And you're seeing how, like, small town and pretty it is. And this Neil Diamond song is playing. Um, but the whole time I'm like, yeah, Vancouver, the most American city in the world. <laughs> I don't know where they shot the show. I'm sure it was North Carolina or something. Uh, but, I think it's Georgia. Uh, oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Everything's shot there. It's either Georgia or Vancouver. But it takes place in like small town Kans- uh, Nebraska. Right. Blue Valley. Yeah, Nebraska, right? Blue Valley. I think it's Nebraska. Yeah. Which is uh, Wally West's hometown in the Yeah, in Blue the Valley Congress. is where Kid Flash is from originally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, the whole purpose of like season one was that they were trying to bring back, like make America great again, right? That was kind yeah. of, that was season one. The bad guys were trying to do this. Yeah, that was definitely mm-hmm. what Jordan was doing without admitting it. Yeah, though they took out, I, I, I don't remember who actually is stated to be a Nazi in this show because with the introduction of Ultra Humanite, in the comics, I believe he's a Nazi, but they don't say he's a Nazi in this, right? He's just a yeah, brain I... snatcher. Yeah. Well, at some point, like, is the Nazi stuff even necessary? Like, right. why wade into that when he's already evil enough as it is, right? Right. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it kind of they kind of sprinkled like hints of like these characters are kind of Nazis, but like they never really blatantly <laughs> yeah. say it. But we know like, like the high school, the high school grandparents. They're Norwegian Nazis. Yeah, you know? yeah. I was gonna say, I, I could have sworn in the first season they were speaking like. German or something, but no, it was Norwegian. Yeah. The grandma is the funny. Okay. Sorry. I have to talk about the grandparents. The fight scene in like, it might have been before uh, Gil was able to hop on, but like, there's a fight scene that takes place in the, in the McKent's house. Yeah. Where, where the old, the old people are doing stunts. Yes. I felt so bad for, for uh Courtney and Cameron at that moment because literally Courtney was about to confess everything to Cameron yeah everything might have worked out if she had like been able to tell him the truth herself but then her friends barge in because they think there's something nefarious going on yeah and then grandma pops up like a little icicle ninja yeah and almost obliterates them all and well and then Rick, the poor grandpa, Rick, is, Rick is super like Oh, he's on this steroids. Whole se- yeah, this whole season, he's just like yeah. So they really like, mess with his hourglass. Yeah, mess with his little hourglass thing on the ill advice of apparently not Sylvester. That and uh, did you see the twist? Did you guys see that me? twist coming? I something fell off, and at first I was just like, "Oh, Sylvester's just an asshole. This guy sucks." Because as soon as like he comes back. I mean, even if even in the earlier seasons when we see flashbacks, I'm like, why is Stripesy sticking around? Sylvester is so mean to him. Right. He keeps telling him, "Oh, you're just a sidekick. You're you're no you're not useful. Like, stay here. You'll just get in the way." He's constantly, constantly mean to Pat. And Pat is amazing and deserves the world. And you know, Sylvester comes back to life and he's still just like harping on Pat the whole time. He's mean to Courtney. I'm like, why is anybody putting up with this guy's crap? So I, I was like torn between, I'm like, is he just a jerk or is there something else going on? Right. And I didn't And then know, there was the big twist. And I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. I didn't know that that was what they were going to do with him until they introduced the character of Ultra Human. Once I saw the white gorilla, I was like, that's Sylvester. Sylvester, like there has, like there had, there's something there. Why Sylvester? Uh, see, I just thought it was ultra humanite. <laughs> Wait, in the in the gorilla. When we when we saw when we first see the ultra humanite gorilla, yeah, whatever the albino gorilla on screen, I was like, oh, it's ultra humanite. Yeah, like that's a cool character to introduce. And it wasn't until we like saw like the Dragon King's body, and then we re- made the connection that ultra humanite. Was that that the uh, the gorilla was actually Dragon King? I was like, oh my god, 
Sylvester's the ultra humanite. Yeah. That's, I literally didn't make the connection until they revealed it. And I was like, oh, that explains why he's such a jerk. I, uh, that, I don't know. I, I, I thought I was like, until I hear the, the gorilla talk, until I know whose brain is in that gorilla's body, I was like, yes, I, I I'm pretty sure that's Sylvester. I just didn't know how. Mm. And then I was also worried that, like, yeah. what if Sylvester had always been the ultra humanite? Oh, I think. I would have. Because he's always been but a dick. But it looks like it was. Yeah, he's always. So the fact of the matter is, is he was always an asshole. Yeah. He just became an evil asshole once it was ultra humanite in there. Yeah. Well, I mean, Sylvester in modern you know, era was always ultra humanite, right? Like, everything we've seen of him since season two has yeah. been the ultra humanite. Because they yeah. dug his body up and then replaced the brain. But he he was alive. Like he yeah, was alive because we've got the brain in the tank at the very end, which they reveal in the 10 years later thing that they eventually found him and saved him. Yeah. Not that he deserved it. <laughs> they wrapped things up with a bow at the end almost too I, perfectly. It was. It was very much with a little bow, you know. Beth and Rick are engaged, and yeah, I saw. I'm that happy coming. things worked out for Cameron. I did too. Oh, I, I they definitely had a little something, and when they were like, "Oh, they're engaged," I'm like, "Yep, yeah, makes sense." Glad it went there. Um, I'm. I was really nervous for a little while that ultimately Cameron would end up being a villain. Uh-huh. Um, but he he made that switch at the end. He did the right thing, and things worked out. And yeah, I just. Uh, Gil, do you have any do you have any thoughts? I'm just thinking about the grandparents. <laughs> um, the grandparents. <laughs> I mean, look, I was I was seeing all the the twists going. I liked the way they did it. Uh, yeah. I was surprised at how effective Ultra Humanite was um, on screen. Like, I remember when they did Gorilla Grodd on Flash, and I was like, okay, it's not perfect. Here, it was like, oh, this is legitimately scary, you know, and. Um, you know, I feel like the effects are better on this show compared to some of their others. Yeah. Yeah. Look, at this point, they have the resources are. Uh, yeah, I, I guess like the brain switching shenanigans is a little silly, right? Like, so, like the the Dragon King also has to have his brain like in another body, like he's an ultra humanite's body and then ultra humanite is in Sylvester's body and stuff. It's like, okay, well, that's a little silly, but like, I like the way that it all worked, uh, I think in the end, because it felt like, okay, this is a real, this was thought out. This is a real scheme. These characters are dangerous um, because they will just chuck a body. And the the flashback to um, the Academy Awards, I thought that was really scary. I thought they did such a good job. Um, and that character is so frightening and just the moment where he's like, yeah, I can see you're like me because you have something else behind the eyes. And she's just like, well, I guess I got to kill you now. Sorry. Oh, Sorry yeah. You <laughs> Such a good moment. Um, yeah, no, I, I've, I was, uh, I was into it. I liked a lot of it. Um, you know, I was, what I was thinking about as you guys were talking was I think that the casting department on the show really deserves a ton of credit too, because, you know, like you said, we had Keith David show up as a, as a little guest spot, but you know, just the fact that Luke Wilson and Amy smart were like series regulars on this little CW show is so incredible that like, 
it's they're just open to doing Joel McHale, who, you know, it's not like he's doing a ton of other things, but they still were like, yeah, just do a whole season of this fun superhero show. And Joel McHale, yeah. Yeah, let me jump on this, uh, even though I'm going to wear the worst costume on the show. <laughs> it's, um, I don't know. And I don't know what it all right, his haircut. Yeah, so so I sorry, I'm getting uh, uh, I'm, I'm spinning my wheels, but I do think the like the casting department on the show really deserves a lot of credit. The fact that they got all these um, bigger name actors, recognizable actors, uh, mm-hmm. on this little show is just it's just so impressive, and I think they all did such a great job. And you know, oh, know Luke Wilson is so you know super talented. He always has been. Um, yeah, it's just such a coup to have him. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's so talented. I feel like he's often kind of overshadowed by, by Owen, obviously. Sure. We all know Owen and, uh, but I, I love well, him. Owen really made the him. crossover into comedies, you know, like really Yeah. Luke Wilson, you know, was like still always just like handsome leading man type. And, you know, once you hit a certain age and, you know, those he's kind still of, a handsome yeah. leading man. Yeah, but no one's no one's making uh, you know no. mid-budget rom-coms anymore. So yeah. like, no, Wilson, that's definitely a genre that seems to be disappearing. Yeah, yeah. and whereas Owen Wilson like is such a character that like people do impressions of him, and it's fun to see him show up and whatever and all that stuff. So I think uh, Owen's career is just in a different place. But yeah, um, yeah. But I just but I love Luke. I was so impressed He's great. to see him show up on the show, and Amy Smart too. I was like, wow, like you know. Uh, you know she's yeah. so she's so talented too and is a big actor and I think uh I think and this anyway. show I couple with Superman and Lois like they're treated very similarly <laughs> like you can tell that they spent they spend a lot of time they have a singular vision like they know what they are uh the CW shows are just kind of cheaper made quick more quickly made they yeah. change what they are all the time uh they also lasted longer so, you know, say what you will, but. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of, like, when Callista Flockhart f- first showed up on Supergirl, right? And you're like, they got Callista Flockhart to be a series <laughs> You know, that's when we thought that show was going to be really more CBS-focused. And when, when it moved to CW, they couldn't afford her for a whole season. So they moved her to yeah. But here, you uh, know. It wasn't affording, actually, as far as I know. It was, she didn't want to move to. Oh, they, Vancouver, right. Yeah, she didn't want to move because they filmed the first season in. LA, I don't know. They filmed the first season somewhere, not Vancouver. Then they moved it up in Vancouver season two, and she didn't want to move. Um, that's fair. That's valid. Yeah. Completely valid. Yeah. Um, I will yeah, say, I mean, pretty... Supergirl, the first season had a totally different tone simply by not being on the CW. Yeah, it's true. I like the second yeah. season better. I'll be honest. Mm. I mean, I just like the first couple of seasons in general. Yeah. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I need to go watch the last episode of Supergirl. That's what I want to do. That's what I'm gonna do when I I'm watched gonna... part of the final season. I'm not gonna watch I, I seem to remember the final season was airing like last year, and I was I watched the first couple episodes of the first season with my parents, and then I moved out. And even though I live all of ten minutes from my parents, I just never finished the show. I was like, eh, it's not worth it. I. Uh... That's nice that your parents wanted to watch, uh, you know, that kind of media with you. Oh, I watched all of that with my parents. That's great. I, uh, parents when I was living at home, I was watching. 90% of the shows that I was watching prior to last year, I was watching with my parents. I still have a couple of shows that in the evenings, on like on, on Thursday nights when Grey's Anatomy is airing, 
I go over on Thursdays and I force them to watch that with me. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Uh, I don't watch these superhero shows with my with my parents, though I have been watching more Marvel stuff with my mom. But I feel like mm. part of it's kind of a tr- it's a chore sometimes. She's that's how my dad describes it. You know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, my dad was watching Black Panther with my nephew the other day. I was like very happy for him. First or second? He, he was liking it. The, the first, first one? one? Yeah. Yeah, the second one's not on uh, Disney Plus yet, I don't think. Yeah, it's coming out my parents are... 2023 sometime. Yeah, my parents told me they're spending New Year's watching Black Panther, the, the new one in theaters tomorrow. Oh, nice. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I get into this thing where if I cry, I know that my, like, I hope that my mom's going to cry. So then I show it to her and I watch her and I'm like, is she going to cry where I cried? I want to make I her cry. I want to make her cry, you know, but it's, I mean, it's bad, but you it's also bad good. children. It's a shame. I get all weepy. And I'm, well, it's not that I want my parents to cry. It's more like I'll be watching a show and I'm all weepy and I'm like expecting my parents to be weepy and they're more just laughing at me. Oh, okay. Uh, but I'm like, well, I want you cry with me. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I'm such a soft touch. I'm such a, like a weeper, especially for like any like uh kid parent stuff. Uh, that, that'll get oh my me god! Started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and we won't. I don't want to do. I don't want to do spoilers for anything else on on this episode, as far as you know, spoilers are concerned for any people who haven't mean- seen movies that have come out recently. You know? Oh, I was going to talk Star... I mean, we're allowed to talk spoilers for Stargirl. Oh, spoilers for Stargirl, yes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, saying, speaking Black of Panther, like... Wakanda Forever spoilers, I didn't want to leave... Oh, God, no, that. that's not what I was going to bring up. Okay. Although Good. I sobbed start to finish. I told my yeah. mom, bring tissues. Yeah. Um, But I feel like that was a given. Um, I was going <laughs> to say, speaking of, like, touching, like, parent-children moments in this show, I think it was in the final episode, we see um, Mike go and meet up with his biological mother. Yeah. But then he gets back in the car and he's like, you know, thank you for setting that up. And then he looks at Amy Smart and is like, thanks, mom. Yeah. And I was like, and that broke me. That was so sweet to like finally see him call her. And we see, you know, I don't know if we ever see Courtney straight up call Pat dad. I'm trying to remember. But we see her call him her dad. Yeah. Yeah. In the big speech. Semester, she's like, really, like, he's been more of a dad to me. You know, yeah, I, we have I thought that. you were going to be my dad, but you were, you know, just an asshole. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if we see her straight up, like, call him dad instead of Pat. But I think we, she does. We know that she sees him. Yeah. Yeah. She certainly sees him as her father. Um, and it was nice to have that same moment between Mike and Barbara, which, yeah. by the way, there's a lot of Barbaras in D.C. Barbaras and Marthas. Yeah. Barbara's and Martha's galore. Um, well, we we see, even though this is the frenemy season, I think they end this with talking about family in general, right? Mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of what this whole series has been is is a group of like a found family. And then yeah. a lot of these characters not being able to connect properly with their own families and they find each other, right? But then yeah. at the end of season three, for better or for worse, their family things get resolved, right? Yeah, that's the main theme of JSA as a concept, right? Especially under Jeff Johns, you know, when he was writing the book, it is so much about legacy and like where the um, you know, where the Justice League is, you know, the world's greatest heroes, and you know, Titans are a 
are a family of teens and you know young justice are best friends the jsa was all about like teaching the next generations and especially under jeff's um run you know it was it becomes kind of a school you know it becomes almost the x-men of the dc universe where it's all about like all right well let's train the next group of kids coming up and his his team was very much a multi-generational team very specifically and i think that's the energy that he brought to both this and black adam speaking of how do you guys did you guys see like um ties between star girl and black adam do you guys feel like they could theoretically be in the same universe or no i don't um, want they were the jsa i <laughs> i uh i i said this on the black adam episode i was disappointed by black adam and i knew that at least i can get my jsa out of star girl for however long this is the yeah. jsa that i want um maybe not to the utmost i want a movie cinematic jsa yes of course but this is the we closest. got it we got it that was the, that was the jsa we're getting no. like, i will say that was my favorite, <laughs> my favorite thing in that movie uh you know i'm a fan of of the adam you know the the al pratt al rothstein yeah. uh, adam and adam smasher um and you know it's always been i think i said this to you already that like there was it's sort of been hinted at you know we know al rothstein is a jewish character but al pratt has always like never been quite confirmed mm. on panel right in the way that um like the thing is they kind of have similar vibes but yeah. when al rothstein when Rothstein like brings up his uncle on the iPhone and you see that it's Henry Winkler, like I jumped out of my seat. That's my favorite moment from that whole movie. Yeah. Is, hey, Henry I did Winkler as Al Pratt. Like, okay, confirmation that uh that the original Adam is was a Jewish character. I think that was like that was such a meaningful moment for me. I would have loved to have seen if they took a picture of 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 Henry Winkler back in his heyday. It doesn't have to be the Fonz, but... Oh, yeah. Throw him into an Adam costume? Oh, my God. I'd be like, that would have been great. Can you imagine? that? He was my favorite cameo of Black Adam. I mean, wait, Gil, Gil you and I did the Black one. Adam episode, right? We talked about this? I don't know. Did we do the Black did. Adam episode? I think I think maybe we did, yeah. Okay. But yes, this was uh, uh, like uh, Black Adam. Uh, yeah, Henry Winkler was my favorite cameo. Henry, out of the two Henrys, Henry Winkler was my favorite cameo out of Black Adam. <laughs> yeah, um, I agree. Also, Henry Winkler's always all, a showstopper. Yeah, are all the ATOM Adams in DC Comics Jewish? Well, uh, Ray Palmer's not Jewish. I thought Ray Palmer is Jewish. Oh, okay. No, I don't believe Ray Palmer is canonically Jewish, and I don't know that there's anything particularly Jewish about the character. Remember, he's an Ivy League professor, and that's not a very Jewish, uh, you know, group of people. Um, oh. But uh, maybe, but Ryan Choi certainly isn't. No, not Ryan Choi. Uh, and... <laughs> I, I just <clears throat> looked it up because I had thought he was Jewish, and so comicbookreligion.com says <laughs> the religious affiliation... That's a website? Yeah. Uh, the religious affiliation of Adam Ray Palmer. And it says, Ray Palmer was Jewish or wasn't. There's a long record of him being explicitly Jewish and a long record of him being explicitly not Jewish. Hmm. So I think it may depend on the writer. Okay. I mean, I would love to see canonical evidence. The other day, um, there was a Twitter argument, you know, because recently people have been saying that Hal Jordan is canonically Jewish. And I like looked it up and apparently there's like one panel in um 
during new during the new 52 era there was like some crossover of green lantern and like dark side like the new gods characters there was some like new gods crossover there um and there was like a flashback where hal goes back in time and his younger self says oh you know my mom's jewish my dad's not uh it says it very explicitly and um and this this like discourse came up again right on twitter and so i wrote on twitter i was like you know Obviously, Chris Pine's never going to be Hal Jordan at this point. That's not that's not in the cards anymore. But I was like, think about uh, a Jewish actor who could be Hal Jordan really well. And I was like, you know, take this with a grain of salt. But what about Scott Kahn? And then like some oh. crazy Green Lantern fan was like, not canonically Jewish. I was like, well, here's the panel. And I was like, that's not kind of canon. I was like, it's New Fifty Two. I don't know how that's not canon. But is whatever. Scott Kahn? Yeah, Jewish? New Fifty Two is. Scott Kahn is James Kahn's son. James Kahn is a Jew. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that. So, yeah, Scott, I don't know if Scott Kahn is half or whatever, but I think Scott Kahn could be a pretty good Al Jordan, personally. I do like well, Scott Kahn. I saw Kalen's uh, eyes go wide when I said it. Like, no one thinks about well, it, right? I like Scott Well, I've, I was a big fan of Hawaii Five-0, so I really Oh, yeah, like for sure. Kahn. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, and that I'm character just is basically I'm, Al Jordan, I'm, right? I'm here for the yeah. short king, you know? Love a short. Oh, absolutely. I love a short. Love a short king. Well, the pairing of him being so short with Alex O'Loughlin, who is a tower. (laughs) Uh, Somebody once compared uh, me to Scott Kahn. I forget who. Okay, but it's it's the whole it's the short king, broad shoulder kind of thing. Uh, Okay. So so maybe the dream casting. I don't know. Uh, Let's make it happen. Scott Kahn as Hal Jordan. It's he's five okay. five. He's five. Oh, that's oh wow. a, I'm, I'm he's not taller five than five, me. But, but not by much. All right. All right. Um, so <clears throat> I want to talk about a sad part that happened in Stargirl. And I I I cried and I told Kaylin, I was like, when you get there, <laughs> you just you that that is that what, text is what started me rewatching it. <laughs> and was I not was I not right? You were right, and I did cry. I, Gil, did you, ha- did that, that hit me. you? Because that was Which, episode, that was episode 10 when Sportsmaster and Tigress. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, like, that's one of my favorite relationships on the show was the whole Sportsmaster. They were fantastic. Like, and they to, had yeah, to, redeemed themselves. Yeah. The, for sure that. But also, you know, I think that's such great character building when you have these characters who their motivations can be evil, their motivations can be selfish or whatever, but you see that among themselves, they really care about each other. And that's, I think, a comic book trope that always does get me, like, when it's like the, like the Bonnie and Clyde thing, where they're like, fuck the world, but we have each other, you know? And I think that the whole Sportsmaster family is really, it's it's different than the way they do it on Young Justice, but I thought it was, okay. in the moment where he's like, wow, our daughter's gonna be the first female quarterback in the in NAACP like that's really really cool or NCAA I, I saw sorry. it coming thank you thank you for almost cracking with NCAA uh but yeah it was just um what a great character beat and then the moment they died and I love you and I love you too and you're just like wow what a what a great death to have you know yeah. and it really it shows me. The stakes of it. it hurts me yeah, every it was, time something like this this happens I, well, that's how you raise the stakes, you know? Yeah. Well, I saw their when they were like, oh, I'm so proud of our daughter. She's going to do this and that and whatever. I'm like, uh-oh. Like, everything's going great for them. And I'm like, yeah. they're going to go down into the sewer. 
Gr- oh, that's super smart. Yeah, yeah. don't do that. Well, like a moment knew, later, where like, you see the wind start, you know? Yeah. What'd you say? And it's like, well, I don't know that Icicle has wind powers, but sure, whatever, go off. Um, yeah. I guess I'm on board with it. It's like a breeze. It's like a blizzard breeze, right? Kind of thing? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh, I'm a big sucker for what does a character do when they only have five seconds left of life? Sure. I'm a, choose, I'm a huge... to reach out for each other. Yeah. It's so sad. It's not swearing revenge. It's it's that love that they had for each other. And the re- they reach out for each other, right? Yeah, I think they did. They reached out for each other. They You could tell they were both thinking of each other and Artemis. I, I was so heartbroken for Artemis. Like what that yeah. scene where she's in her own house across the street and just like destroying her bedroom and Barbara walks in. I was like, oh. It's just yeah. that was so sad. Uh, I mean, you know, speaking yeah. of someone who lost a parent not that long ago, like that's like just seeing her scream, you're like, that's what it feels like. That's it was fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, they don't even know until they go to the underground sewer and then uh Dr. Midnight Beth scans it, right? Because I'm like, if they they're all dust, like- how do you know that they're them? And it's like, oh, the goggles told. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, but even them being missing was already like scary enough because this is a teenage girl as tough and oh, as capable as she is to go from like the highest highs to like my parents are missing. I have yeah. this entire house. Like, what's going to happen next? And like the next stage of her life that you know is coming next is she has to go to college and and be a success and whatever. You know, all of that. I don't know. It's just. Um, it was just so harrowing and so meaningful. And they just did, I, th- I thought they did it in such a great way. Yeah. And then yeah. she just, dis- and then she disappears at a certain like, point and then comes back at the post, like the, not the post credit, but like second to last scene. Yeah. And uh, uh, gets her revenge. I'm glad. I, I'm glad I, it was her. I've been, uh, Jordan, I, I kept waiting for him to the die. Worst. Like, just kill him. Just kill him. Oh my god, during that final battle, the big battle, where he's like looking at Barbara and she's like, he's like, we could have been so great. She's like, what the hell are you talking about? We we were never a thing. Yeah. You're crazy. Which I'm glad in a CW, in a like in a CW show, they would have had like a kiss between Barbara and Jordan, her grappling with like, should she get with Jordan? There would be like a, you know, back when Lana and Lex and whatever did it, it was, it was in Smallville. Like, oh, yeah. You know, uh, I'm glad they didn't go that route. She, she loves Pat. She's always loved Pat and she's always been devoted to Pat because, I mean, what's not to love? Pat's amazing. Right. Right. And uh, nothing's going to stop her. From but that. he's all, but Jordan had always had a thing for Barbara. Yeah. It's, I mean, he, he needed a perfect sense. Aryan wife, right? That's what yeah. I saw. So Very he's, much. Oh, he's definitely. Fully a Nazi, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was a Nazi. Yeah, I think so. Uh, that being said, how did his powers work? Because the grandparents kept being like our bloodline. It's like, are you two related? So they're mutants. That was my question. I'm like, all right. So grandma, I mean, it made well, sense for one of them to have ice powers. But like, 
Is there like a colony of different families in Norway that have these powers or are you like second cousins? Right. Like are they related to uh, Elsa from Frozen? Well, that too. <laughs> very similar to Elsa. I was going to say Ice Maiden. Um, Ice Maiden, right. She's Norwegian. She's like a Norwegian royalty, right? That's the. Yeah. Of, uh, but ice. like she was from an ice wielding group of people. I guess so. I guess it could be that. I don't think that those characters exist in the comics, the grandparents. No. Um, I think no, I think that's original. original. Show. Uh, yeah. But, you know, if you headcanon the idea that they are, you know, um, incestuous uh, ice twins or whatever, you know, it's kind of tracks. that bloodline pure. It tracks with these Nazis, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it does track, actually. Uh, I felt bad for the, for the grandpa because he didn't do anything, like, outright bad. He was just like, no, I want to care. He, I want to take care of my grandson and my heart. Like those are the oh, two things I care about. You're problematic, bro. Yeah, he kept trying to like stop the grandma from killing people yeah. unsuccessfully. So, um, oh, that's who I, I want to talk about. The art teacher, that poor man. Oh yeah, I feel so bad for the art teacher. I mean, he went through all that crap with Eclipso, and then got an ice stick through his chest. He didn't even have to. That die, man did not right? deserve anything that happened to him. He didn't have to die. He just wanted to draw. Well, that's you he know cared about his that's raising stakes in television, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You gotta care about and kill them the hell up. And that's or why no. that's why when the grandmother died, it was the car that fell, and then she it was the wicked witch uh, feet. Yes, I was thinking that underneath. <laughs> I was expecting them to roll up. I was like, oh, but no. Okay, that would have been hysterical. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, then you have like ultra humanite get like gets turned into a stuffed animal okay ultra humanite with his and then the dog is like dragon. playing with it <laughs> yeah yeah uh they, like things pretty much get wrapped up beth asks her parents to be sidekicks and what are their names it's hootie right it's 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 the name of uh the owl, the owl. it's oh okay uh, she gives them like superhero nicknames. Oh, that's cute. I forget what they're. Uh... I've forgotten about that. And we yeah. don't necessarily see Yolanda make up with her family, but she calls, and we get the impression that things are going to start heading down a better path. Yeah. Yeah. That one was that was a storyline that really hurt. Uh, that I, just yeah. that one was it was so sad, and I know that's a thing that you know I don't, I don't know maybe I'm just lucky, but the idea like I understand parents being mad at their child, but to like straight up kick them out that just that broke. That was so sad. Yeah. Well, how long ago was that? Was that season one? W at what no, point see, they kicked her out season three. Oh, why? Oh, because there's a she point tell in her season... where she's been right. Right, because in, so in season three, like, Courtney and Yolanda are kind of on the outs because Courtney wants to welcome Sydney into the JSA and, and trust her, and Yolanda just absolutely refuses to, and so they're kind of fighting, um, but Yolanda, like, sneaks back into her house one night, and her mom's there, and she's like, who are you on the phone with? Where have you been? You need to tell me right now. Give me your phone, or you're out, and uh, Yolanda didn't want to tell her. So she kicked her out. And even though her and Courtney were in the house, she she went to Courtney's house. Yeah. yeah. Um, and at the end of that final episode, we see her call her mom and 
we don't hear the full phone call, but the next time we see her, she's like smiling. So we assume it went semi-well. Yeah. At the least. What happens to Solomon Grundy? He comes back at the end, oh, right? I think he comes back in that 10 years later thing. They like mentioned Solomon Grundy, I think. We Do we see his like, hand like, come out of the grave? I think so. I mean, he's essentially a zombie. Yeah. Right, he's constantly getting reborn. That's like his whole thing. But what he always yeah. comes out of the same swamp. What brought him back? Something finally brought him back that Rick Rick Tyler did something finally at the end of the season. I don't remember. I remember him like going and talking to the grave, but I don't remember him actually like doing something per se. Maybe it was just the power of love. I think so. Uh <laughs> I don't remember because he kept trying to bring them back for the entire, like for, for the beginning of season three. Right. And then yeah, nothing. Uh, I forget how it happened. Um, did you guys like the wrap up scene at the end that 10 years later kind of thing? I did. I yeah, was, that was a great way to say goodbye. Once you know, the series isn't coming back. Um, I'm going to be really curious. So Flash isn't done yet, right? Or Flash is done this It's season? the final season right now, I think. Or so the question up. is, like, well, how do they say goodbye to the Arrowverse as a total, right? Uh, and I yeah. thought that this was one good way to wrap it up. You kind of saw, like, okay, there's a future here. These heroes go on. I'll be really interested to see what the end of The Flash looks like and if it feels like just an ending for that show or if it feels like an ending to the, the whole Arrowverse as a total. Hmm. Is League of um, what is it? The DC DC's Oh Legends of Tomorrow. Is that show still on? No, that no, one ended. Did that end? Like a year. That one ago. ended. Okay. No, the last That's one, one I standing never is Flash. That's it, really. I okay. mean, you know, Superman and Lois. Theoretically, it's the same same era, and Tyler Hoechlin was on Supergirl, obviously. But I think it's really it's. Own. I think it takes place in its own little world at from the end of whatever the last big yeah, that's never is. been really clear to me but i i think it's its own world because i mean because when we saw because superman saw... shows up on it right yeah and when we did see superman on supergirl we saw i mean there was a point where we saw her where we saw um lois was pregnant and they ended up with one kid but i think somehow in the crisis where ultimately things like worlds combined or whatever um, we ended up with this universe where they had twins. And I wanted, I feel like it's on a separate, I feel like I read somewhere that show is diff on a separate universe than Supergirl. Right. That doesn't really wrong. make sense, but I guess I just have to be okay with it and just say I'm okay with it if it's, I, I'm, a, I feel like as much as I love shared universes, not everything has to be a shared universe. And I'm okay if Superman and Lois. Sure takes place in its own world i'm okay if it's like its own little thing it could yeah it doesn't I mean, need to be shared the the thing is like with the scale of stuff like once things get to a certain you know pitch it doesn't necessarily make sense that other characters wouldn't show up like why wouldn't the legends show up in this moment yeah the universe right and that's why i think it's okay if it's on its own if it's on its own yeah. and like superman's the only one then it's fine that these other characters aren't showing up So I know that is something I always like ask myself with like sometimes you're watching a Marvel movie and you're like, okay, but like why isn't so and so showing up to help Thor in this moment or whatever? Right. And uh because you know, that's not what that plot 
requires in that moment. But, you know, you do have yourself questioning that with the big shared universe. Yeah. But uh, unless you just assume that everybody has their own problems to deal with. Well, there's that. You know, it's like Superman's always busy. If he's not doing one thing, he's doing another. If he's not on this planet, he's on another planet. So, yeah. I mean, the Flash, though, is constantly nerfed. He's fast enough to do a lot of things. Yeah. You know, uh, mm-hmm. which is actually kind of interesting that uh, when they retconned, well, they did something with the Justice Society in the comics, why they can't affect World War II to a degree. Like, they won't affect, like, our knowledge of World War II yeah, history. Yeah. The idea in the comics last I checked, last I yeah. remember, was that there was like a spell over Europe that made it so that the JSA characters couldn't enter Europe during that period. Like they could have, you know, obviously the Flash could have taken out Hitler at any uh, time. So there was like a spell that kept the JSA from entering the continent. So yeah. whatever. Yeah. You know. <laughs> World War II is always a big question when it comes to time travel. Yeah, it's or, like or any of these things, right? Like if if these superheroes really existed, all of these big tragedies going on around the planet would just be solved, right? But we have to live yeah. in a world that theoretically mimics ours. So you know, you have to have a Superman that's like, I don't get involved with world affairs. Okay, but you kind of do a lot, you know. So yeah, so you know, yeah, hand wavy, but you have to do it to make these stories work. I mean, there's yeah. like historical historical things that happen in our real world that have to happen in this fake world for us to be able to buy into this fake world right like yeah we're, we're not saying that like like yeah 9-11 happened in our real world it had to have happened in the dc comics and marvel comics too but yeah like especially by virtue of you know all the writers writing post 9-11 comics and all of the whatever real world things and and anxieties that existed in our real world like how why would the story be told in this way if 9-11 hadn't happened right right exactly so and and then they put out a weird 9-11 book where dr doom is like crying over (laughs) over the wreckage of 9-11 you're like well i don't know if dr doom would be crying about this but okay (laughs) i remember i remember that issue because again like post 9-11 stuff uh Marvel.com had what was called dot comics. Uh, and that's where they released a lot of their ultimate comics. It was just for free and it was a motion comic. And you could read like sure. new issues, like right when it came out uh, of ultimate sure. comics. And that's how I read all the ultimate uh, uh, X-Men and Spider-Man and the ultimates, but they released key issues like that amazing Spider-Man issue with September 11th. And I mean, I didn't think of, I was also a kid back then. So I didn't think of it as like, Oh, like, why are these characters kind of doing this? But now that I think back, yes, you're telling me Magneto would be sad. Dr. Doom is sad. Yeah, Kingpin would be sad. But, like, Dr. Doom is constantly being like, yeah, I'm just going to destroy a whole group of people. Like, that's Doom. Why Magneto the same way? So, it's interesting tying it in with with real world stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh I feel like when it comes to that stuff, you kind of gotta like just like acknowledge that it exists, but kind of let it be. Cause if you think too hard, it's gonna hurt. Right. Well, comics kind of have have that because of the sliding timeline, uh, where it's like some characters, if they were involved in a war, and maybe the original version of that character was involved in World War II, 
they, depending on the character, they can bump them up to the most recent war. Uh, but then sometimes it has to be World War II or it has to be a specific Yeah, war. well, it's like Cap- Captain America, you know, they just kind of had him frozen and for X period of time. Right, um, that's sort of the big gift, right? Like he's always, he was always unfrozen approximately 10 years ago or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, Yeah, I mean, I buy that it's been a longer period of time, but yes. Yeah, it, it'll be really interesting to see because, you know, we, we it's safe to assume the X-Men are going to join the MCU. Yeah. Which means right. Magneto's going to be there. Doing Magneto's the math now, Magneto yeah. would be so old. Right, it doesn't but actually he has sense. to be based in World War II. How can you not? Yeah. I uh, mean, you, you got to have some time travel in there to, like, move him forward somehow or have him frozen because he's he can't be 100 I think but you I don't, can't not have he him can't be. World War II. The, so so I, I was on that kind of train of thought. Like, okay, right, yeah. yeah. I guess you could say his powers kept him young. His powers can't way. keep him young. Uh yeah, you can make that argument. You know. I mean, and, hey, Wolverine. It's magnets. Right. You know, magnets. How do they even work? Magnets <laughs> make you young, magic, they keep your you know? skin fresh. That's the great thing about magnets, is like no one knows how they work. So <laughs> that's a great Ma- uh, Magneto, thing. His secret skincare Magneto. routine. He rubs magnets on his face. <laughs> his skincare routine. Uh like one of those I mean, jade rollers or whatever he's doing yeah. that with like Yeah, it's actually magnets. It like pulls out the wrinkles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know. Before before you start to wrap up, Dimitri, I wanted yeah. to get into what the current run in the comics yeah let's talk about it so you know jeff johns has sort of uh, taken a step back from dc comics uh a lot lately has been concentrating on the movie stuff and clearly now with like the new leadership is a little bit more on the outs like has a little bit less creative control especially since like you know his main projects haven't done really well like 1984 and you know whatever stuff like that mm-hmm. so he's back uh doing comics so he's bringing back the jsa uh in the current uh era of uh of dc and they and haven't been around a- for a while they were part of the new 52 as part of earth 2 and yeah. then uh as rebirth was gearing up like they appeared in doomsday clock and they've sort of like been appearing they've been around in kind of a background aspect and uh what i really liked was they modernized um alan scott they made him a queer character which was really interesting especially when you think about him as a golden age character and he already had a gay son and you're like you're it's um it's an interesting way to go to be like okay well this character that's not the most popular green lantern but clearly is a very important green lantern i think it's a really big statement to be like yeah this is and, and it represents a real thing that existed in society, which is people that were closeted for their entire lives and finally got to come out in their old age, right? Um, yeah. So I, so I think it was like really good representation. So this is something that's been going on in DC Comics for a while. So they did uh, this big one shot that was called The New Golden Age, um, and it kind of reintroduced the JSA to the world. And uh, at the end of it, the big reveal at the end was that there were all these golden age characters these these newly created golden age characters that they are retroactively slotting into the golden age and so there's all of this like new potential for conflicts and characters and and crime and and uh, big adventures so there's two series uh one is the justice society and it looks like the main character of it is uh, is helena wayne yeah. which is the earth 2 version of huntress right but in this uh, in this it's the future daughter of selena and bruce right it's not so, alternate earth it's the future 
Right, so some of this takes place in the future, which is interesting and cool. Because it's per, uh, it's the, probably per Degaton. Yes. Which yeah. would have been a cool character to have on Stargirl the show. Per well, Degaton they had him on um on Legends. Oh yeah, right, yeah. They, they did a whole season that was per Degaton, didn't they? No, not a season. It, it was like, like season like, two. It was it was like one or two episodes where like because oh. uh Ava is from the future. I see. And so, anyway, but yeah, Per Degaton, though, would have been a cool Stargirl villain. Um, and so we have Justice Society of America, which is uh, Helena is, is the main character of it. Yeah. Uh, and it looks like there's a lot of legacy going on in there. And they a lot of those Earth 2 characters from pre-crisis. Yeah. Like the grown-up the grown Dick Grayson, Skyman, all of these kind of characters that were part of, like, Young All-Stars and stuff mm. like that. And Infinity and like Infinity yeah. Um, and they also have a new Stargirl series, and the Stargirl series is called The Lost Children, and this is uh, Courtney teaming up with uh, Red Arrow, who is yeah. Green Arrow's sister, uh, Mia from the TV show. Yeah, but in comics, Emiko, and yeah. she's going on an adventure to find these lost uh, Golden Age sidekicks, like Dan the Dynamite, and you know Cherry yeah. Bomb, and all these random uh characters and secret is part of it from uh from the original run of young justice from the peter david run of young justice and you know that character hasn't been around in a very very long time but i really like the idea of tying her into the golden age because at the end of the original young run of young justice she sort of became kind of a protege to the specter so the idea of making her like the specters kind of sidekick i think is a really great uh great idea can i add uh, on to it I, yeah please uh, well, first thing, Kaylin, are you familiar with the Stargirl comics right now? I am not. I have not. I've been terrible at my comics. I have not been keeping up with nobody's mad at if anything. No, I'm not at me. I understand. Like, why I force myself? I mean, I enjoy it tremendously, but it's also I do force myself to read comics every single week. Yeah, it is a was, it is me you know, forcing. Five five years ago, I was collecting a bunch of different titles and reading them very regularly. And now I don't, I think the only ongoing titles that are currently in my file at my store are actually my dad's comics. Uh. <laughs> um, I'm trying to keep up with, I have a ton of trades that I'm trying to get through right now. So I'm like trying to force myself to just like spend a little time a day sitting down and reading something from one of my trades. Yesterday I read um some she-hulk which i bought after the show ended and this uh, current run is really good oh the she-hulk i know i'm like i got yeah. to the end i'm like wait i need more yeah yeah it's been really um, good and uh they brought in jack of hearts who's like a weird yeah. character that i've never cared about i've never cared about jack i had of hearts. never heard of him i was googling the hell out of him after i just, i hate the design i've never liked the character as a design i uh yeah. but just having having the character like clearly there's something between them and like that's just, uh, the the writing it's is really sweet good. um it's i thought well, now, having never been familiar with the character i thought he was adorable yeah, yeah for sure I'll agree with uh you. so basically backing up a little bit flashpoint beyond was one of like jeff johns's like coming back to dc and it was kind of right. like i didn't really have any hope for it but they brought it together at the end and they reveal i, I don't know no you can't see it we can't see it. Oh, there you there, go. There's a thing here. I did a TikTok video on it. But basically, they break down how the multiverse, the omniverse, uh, time and space works in the DC universe. And they call it the divine continuum. 
which is where DC now comes from. I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. Like, I mean, also known as the DCU, the Divine Continuum Universe. Get out of here. It's the Divine Continuum. It's just Detective Comics. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but in the universe of DC, I know I get it. It doesn't mean anything. Until now. I, I understand. But it doesn't need to mean anything. I, well, Marvels or like whatever is just always like, oh, look at the Marvels. Like they're always just like. Okay, but to be fair, DC had Captain Marvel first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, technically um, Fawcett Comics had. <laughs> technically it was Fawcett Comics had Captain Marvel. DC bought them. They were stupid yeah. with their character. Then Marvel came in with their character and DC was like, wait, no. And then there was a whole lawsuit. Yeah. And now they call him Shazam, and it drives my dad nuts. Yeah, well, Dimitri, this this speaks to, like, you know, they just finished Dark Crisis, right? Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths. And, you know, that just ended, and I found myself reading it, and and I finished it, and I was like, what did this, what are the end of It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's skippable. They're saying the exact same thing that happened at the end of Death Metal, right? Is that it all matters, and and the multiverse is... Uh, is reset, uh, right? Infinite. That's the only thing that matters. It's that so, they so brought how, back I don't see how Dark Crisis was any different from, from Death Metal in the end. It just said, like, yeah, the multiverse is out there. So, okay. Like, uh, I get it. They want to work with these Earth 2 characters, and that's fine. But, like, just yeah. do it. Like, I'm not jumping on you. The only... I'm with you. Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths was skippable. The only change it says is that it says, we thought that there were only 52 worlds, there right, are there's an infinite, infinite. Number. and that's it that's, that's Great, the only point. It. but ultimately that's all i need to know Inf- uh, uh dark crisis isn't worth it because i read um dark crisis is not worth it i hated it so much okay because i it read does- like dark days metal whatever it was called I oh read that. uh da- mm. uh dark knight's death metal yeah that was one of the last reboot kind of events I mean, there were moments of, of Dark Crisis that I was that I thought were fun, but like yeah. for the most part, it just does it's not matter. Skippable. What, uh, honestly, you know, I think Flashpoint. I think Flashpoint Beyond is a better read than Dark Crisis, but that's me. Okay. Uh, oh, all right. Because, I'll check out Flashpoint Beyond. I liked Flashpoint. Yeah, Flashpoint Beyond is is cool, and they wrap up sort of a bigger purpose. But at the okay. end of Flashpoint Beyond you see 12 missing tubes. Those tubes had the children lost in time. So those lost children are children that were lost in time. The historical records say that in the 40s or 50s, each of these individual characters just disappeared. So like, they were always in the past. Right. But where did they go? Stargirl series that's going on right now. That's where Stargirl. That's why I'm trying to like. All right. See, I like weird stuff like that. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. So if you want to read in order, it is Flashpoint Beyond, then the one shot, which is the new Golden Age, Age. which then splits into Justice Society and Stargirl's Lost Children. Okay. Yeah. Also, the Lost Children are more diverse. I don't know, Gil, if you noticed that, but like uh, that there weren't just white characters. Yeah, I mean that's uh, I look, always creating new characters. That. You know, that's a really smart um, design choice. Is just yeah. to say like, you know, it's not like uh, in the '40s there were more white people than there are now. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's just in the time. You know, the 
writers were like, oh yeah, this character should just be white. Yeah. There was no thought to like, hey, what if this character was non-white or yeah. Yeah. trans or queer or whatever. So yeah. now, you know, now that uh, writers think about it, it just makes it a more realistic universe, which is great. Yeah. Uh, there's a, I just wanted to throw this out. There's a Mr. Terrific, the first Mr. Terrific, not the one with the T, uh, yeah. but the first one, the, the Justice Society, Mr. Terrific, who's about fair play. Um, in, in the goal, in the Lost Children, he has like a South Asian sidekick who I think yeah. is like a spelling bee champ who then learns everything. Play fair sash. Yeah. So he's like, he's just this like brown kid who like, I guess because he's just so good at learning, he can like do Kung Fu and stuff. So maybe he's like a Chuck sort of situation, like in that show, Chuck. Oh, that's so funny. Um, I loved Chuck. Depending on what happens with that character, if I see a grown up version of him, maybe I'll, maybe I'll cosplay as him. I don't know. I don't know. No. If he's cool. Maybe I might update and update his costume a little bit and do a cosplay. It's just nice to see you. Yeah, um, I agree. <laughs> um, I want to thank you guys so much from, uh, for, for coming on the show uh, and chatting about Stargirl. I think this show was amazing and it deserved better. And I'm glad they were able to wrap things up. I'm I'm glad it wasn't like the end of the Spider-Man cartoon where they're like, Mary Jane is lost in time. Let's go find her. And then it ends. Like, oh, I don't God. know if you guys, I don't know if you guys remember that, but that happened in the Spider-Man 90s cartoon. That's how it oh, ended. Geez. It was just Spider-Man being like, I'm going to go find her. And then it's, that's it. I hate when they do that. Yeah. But uh, Stargirl didn't end up like that. And I'm, I'm glad. No. Um, do you guys have any closing thoughts about Stargirl and this season and just the whole, and just the time that we spent? This is the final uh, Keeg Talks for 2022. Yeah. And it's the final Stargirl episode. Unless they do another Stargirl related thing. I'll let Kellen have the last word. I just wanted to say that, like, you know, it's not gone. It is going to be on HBO Max for as long as they allow that to be. Yeah. And it's still discoverable. And, you know, these things should be gateways into comics for people. If you liked the show, there's an entire Stars and Stripe run. There's a whole, there's several JSA runs to go check out. There's current new comics that are coming out. So if you liked it, it's not going away. There are always places to uh, to take it. And yeah, so I want to leave the last word for Caleb. Uh, I mean, I would definitely agree with that, that, you know, these shows, that, that's kind of the beautiful, the beauty of the modern age of technology we live in, that these shows kind of live on in a way, you know, even when they end, we can always go back and rewatch them. And sometimes they're taken off streaming services for a little bit, but you can always find it somewhere else again, eventually. And um, Stargirl is definitely one that I always recommend because it's, it's kind of different and in its own weird little way and it's it's just a fun lighthearted show to watch that also deals with some pretty serious issues around characters that are kids um and uh and it doesn't it it, it has i think it really respects the fact that these characters are kids but that that kids deal with some really hard topics like fighting with their parents, trying to find out who they are, you know, not dealing with the loss of a parent. Um, and uh, I, I just, I love Stargirl as a series. It's, it's a wonderful show. Yeah. I think uh, the stories go on. 
the fact that like the comics go on that the mythology is here yes we're in the modern age where like we'll have these these shows up uh hopefully i know hbo max is doing restructuring and taking off their animated content to put maybe on amazon i don't i don't know i'm afraid for that but the stories live on it is modern like comic books are modern mythology and like in more ways than like just a franchise like fast and the furious is a franchise but after fast and furious is done i i mean i don't know maybe they'll reboot it 30 years down the line with hover cars i don't know but uh <laughs> like comic books draw from that source of of this medium that's been around for a long time that's been telling yeah. consistent stories whether or not they make it to the big screen or the small screen right and it's a distinctly american mythology that you know i mean obviously comics are so worldwide now but yeah. it started here really started with you know the children of jewish immigrants and it's built into this large phenomenon that you know i don't know if comics could have started in another country i mean like there's not, something... not the way we do marvel in dc no not the way we do them yeah. today like there's something so distinctly and I, I mean that in like a in a positive wonderful way that these characters were created to represent something represent what america should be yeah, I, I was gonna. I was gonna say, if the American dream can't exist in real life, then at least it comics. exists in this fiction, right? Yeah. Wow, we we got deep. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. This, this is a good way to a good place to end on for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much uh, uh, for coming on. Thank you, uh, everybody out there for watching. If you're watching us, you're watching our live stream on twitch.tv slash the Keeg Show or youtube.com slash the Keeg Show. If you're listening to the podcast. Uh, uh, that is a great way to digest this show as well. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and now Stitcher. Uh, we're on six different podcast services. So, um, you know, however you guys deal with your podcasts, uh, however you guys want to digest us, thank you for digesting us, you know. Um, before we get going, Gil, where can we find you online? What do you got coming up? Anything you want to plug? You can find me everywhere at G-J-B-A-R-O-N on all the things. Um, uh, we just did a great show at the Comedy Store with Jody Sweeten. That was lovely. That was family dinner. Uh, we should be doing another one at the end of January, uh, theoretically. So uh, keep an eye out on our socials. Your late night is the best place to find all of that. Um, or uh, make sure you keep an eye on the Comedy Store website to see what the next time that we do it. I think it's amazing that like you were hanging out with Stephanie Tanner from Full slash Fuller House. We, we had a great moment because like Atsuko, who uh, you know her special just dropped on HBO Max too, uh, Atsuko Katsuka, and she's like sitting at the table with um, Chris Fairbanks and Jody and whatever, and she turns to Jody and she's just like, "I've been watching you on television since I was a child in Japan," and like that's the reaction that Jody really engenders in people, and I think it's lovely that. You know, and, and all the audience got to hang out with her afterward and, you know, she took pictures with people and it was just it was just a really great night. So come out to the comedy store when we do it again and come meet Jody and uh, some of your favorite comedians. You'll have a great time. Yeah, it's family dinner. It's uh, exactly what the title says. It's family dinner. Also, from everything I've heard about Jody, she's awesome. Unlike really other people, great. you know, really she's, uh, <laughs> she's a real cool person, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, but thank you, Gil. Uh, 
for not only coming on this episode, but coming on previous uh, episodes this year. Uh, you've been a great guest. Scott come for Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if like, if only like, he could always float. You know what I mean? Like, you, yeah. you just kind of write that in. Well, I guess I'm, that's true. I'm thinking about Tom Cruise I got it. always I got stepping saying. on a box. Tom Cruise <laughs> always wants to step on a box because you know, for for height I, reasons. I think it's okay to have superheroes that are a little shorter. I are, agree. Are different body types. I think it's. I okay. agree. I agree. That's a whole different thing. Spider Man doesn't have to be tall. Uh, 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 the Flash doesn't even have to be tall. Like these characters don't have to be tall. Yeah. But let's see. Let's see. Blue Beetle, short king. Let's see. Mister Miracle. So short excited king. for that movie. You know. Uh oh oh that Blue Beetle too. I was talking about Ted Cord, but yes, Jaime Reyes too. Oh <laughs> no! I think he, I think he is tall. I think Zola Maradona is tall, but uh, is he? I don't know. I don't know. I'm excited. Um, Kaylin, tell me where can we find you online? What do you got coming up? Anything that you want to plug? Um, so you can find me on Instagram and TikTok, Comics by Kaylin. If you're listening, Kaylin is C A I L I N. Um, I don't have anything particularly major necessarily coming up, although I did get some cool cosplay components for Christmas. So I'm hoping to do something with that soon. I'm waiting on like one last little piece. Um, I was very, very excited. Like each member of my family bought like one component for this thing. <laughs> for you? Um, for me, yeah. I had like six different packages and uh, it was like different components for this one character. That's super So sweet. I'm excited. Yeah, it was really exciting to see that. Um, it, this is not the character that I just got for Christmas, but I'm really hoping to do a Nightwing at, th- at some point this year. I'm just trying to figure out logistically how do I want to approach that. I, I really uh, want to do a Nightwing cosplay. Yeah, I was I was thinking about myself for doing a Nightwing cosplay next year, just because Nightwing doesn't look like me, but I'm past that point now, and I'm like, yeah, who cares? Yeah, I just want to. I just want to. Like, I just need a couple months in the gym at least, so yeah. I can fit into. Hey, Night, Nightwing doesn't look least. like me either. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Well, oh, isn't there like a female? I think there's uh there the, is the Smallville uh, Nightwing. The Smallville Nightwing, I think, is uh, Barbara. There is a like female redhead nightwing, but that's not the one I'm going for. I'm no, going for like I'm with you. Dixie Grayson. Yeah. Do you say Dixie kinda, Grayson? Kinda. Dixie Grayson, like Fem 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 oh, Dick uh-huh. Grayson, Dixie Grayson. <laughs> that's good. As long as it's not like Confederate Dick Grayson. Oh God, no! No, Dick's, I meant like. I, no, I'm just joking. No. God, no! I meant like like femme Dick Grayson. Yeah, yeah. Um, that sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, yeah. So definitely some new cosplay stuff this year. Hoping to go to some cons this year. Definitely gonna go back to Terrificon and New York Comic Con, and maybe a couple others. I gotta see. Awesome. I have a I have a list of cons that I want to go to too. So uh, I'm glad that we all have uh, big plans for 2023, and that uh, uh, I hope they all come to fruition for all of us. Yeah. Um, thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank you everybody out there for watching. Uh, find us on Instagram and TikTok at The Keeg Show, pretty much on all social media at The Keeg Show or slash The Keeg Show. That's the easiest way to find us. Uh, we got a lot planned for 2023, so definitely stay tuned. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, this has been season eight, episode 30 of The Keeg Talks. This time, The Keeg Talks, Stargirl, Uh, So thank you guys so much for watching and or listening. Once again, I'm your host, Demetra Pereira. Uh, Happy New Year.